Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. I'm Michelle Bowler. I'm an army wife of over eight years, a mom of four little girls, and a huge believer that supporting your military or first responder loved one is way easier if you connect with the community. Along with sharing some of my insights and journey, I have set out to interview Waiting Warriors around the world so we can all learn about their triumphs and their struggles. Together, we can learn to do more than just survive. We can thrive, and that is what being a waiting warrior is all about. Hey, waiting warriors out there, welcome to another week on the podcast. This week we have Julia Kreger. Wave high. Watching on YouTube because we're cool like that. We're doing that now. Um, you can see her beautiful face. Your hair actually looks really good. Like it's very, it's like the perfect golden sun kissed. Yes. <laughs> that may just be the light, but thank you. But it's nine o'clock at night, and I feel like, yeah, nine o'clock at night lighting is normally not that good looking. So I will take it. Good job. <laughs> So Julia is a photographer and owner of, I'm going to like mess this up, JK Craig Photography. She co-created and owns um, the Spouse Serve, which they um, create plan day planners for military spouses to help calm the chaos of military life because we all know we need help organizing this mess. <laughs> like, that is us. Um, she's a military wife of nine and a half years, mom to two cute kids, and I know because I just got to meet them in person last week. So welcome to the show, Julia. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Your daughter really does. Like, she just has this big smile. You guys should see it. Like, she She's just, our happy baby. Yeah. I love kids like that, that are just like, I don't know what I'm doing right now, but I'm happy. Not, yeah like, you know, like, the world could be ending and this year it basically has and she's just like happy going along with whatever life's happening I love that there are babies like that because that's been like June like she except for the last two months if like we will forgive her for teething Oof. wasn't her fault <laughs> I guess but like as a general rule she just has been this like happy giggly thing and it's been a deployment and then 2020 and uh, neither of those were as much fun as I would like them to be. But yet she just was like so happy. And it's like, oh yeah, life is good because you're happy. So Julia, I want to be like my good, my good friend. Because <laughs> now we feel like we know each other forever. Yeah. yeah. Basically, <sighs> you have a play date, park date. And as yeah. a like as a military spouse, it's like okay, that's it, bonded for life. Yeah, we're good. Um, so when we were talking, you like mentioned how interesting it was for you to go from to become a a dependent. You know, like that is a word that that a, not even just a word. Like that is a label that we get. It's like oh. Just stamp that right on your forehead. You are dependent. What has that been like for you? Because some people are like, yeah, I'll take that. Like, let me 
ride on it and um you know there are there are stories that we all see of the people who just ride that wave um but what has that been like for you has that been easy or was it you know just weird to rely on somebody like that absolutely so my husband and I met when we were babies like 19 and 21 so I had just moved across the country to go to college and I was like I'm on my own I am the most independent person and in my head at you know 18 19 yeah. everybody thinks they're independent and um and so I was like really not prepared to be like quote-unquote dependent on somebody else and um you know I was feeling strong independent I can do anything I'll take on the world um, and so when I met my husband and we were both in college at the time and, um, when he graduated and eventually we got married and then, you know, now I have this label attached to me for the rest of my life or at least the next 10 years, um, <laughs> while he's in active duty. Um, it was just really rough because, you know, I was like labeled something that I had never identified with. And that meant to me, like, that I had failed and as a woman, as um, eventually a mom and to be like, oh, I have to rely on this man. And um, I was just, you know, raised in a family where it was like, no, you stand on your own two feet. And like, my parents are happily married. And so it wasn't like, oh, I don't need a man, but it was like, right. you can stand without a man. Um, and so it was just this big shift for me. And then you know, when you get married and you're, you become like two people become one as you should. And you like really depend on each other, not just one on the other, but as a team, like then in the military, they leave. So you're like, okay, now I've learned how to depend on you. And like, you pick up the slack where I fall short and I pick up the slack where you fall short. And then they leave and you're like, oh my gosh, now I have to think through how do I do this alone again? Now that I've gotten used to using you and like benefiting from having a teammate um, and so that really like put a whole new spin on our life and like as young marrieds um, to adjust to like first adjusting to depending on somebody else and then to adjust back to when the army takes them and are like, okay, you're going to be gone for six months. You're going to be gone for a month. You're going to be gone for three weeks. You're going to be gone for whatever it is. And sometimes with a lot of notice and sometimes not and just being able to like pick up and be like, all right, I remember how to do these things. These are muscles that haven't gone away. I just haven't used them in a while. But it also makes me super grateful when he comes home and I'm like, oh my gosh, my teammate's back and I can like take a break and take a breather. And not that he hasn't been working the whole time because he has, but like it's different work. And um, as you know, like having a business at home and having kids is a lot. And so even though they're working while they're gone, you're working at home. And so it's just a totally different dynamic. So being able to share the load, um, whether that's like my husband doing the dishes at night versus like when he's gone, I'm like, what can I cook that doesn't take dishes because I don't do the dishes. <laughs> um, so it's just like trying to balance those things. And so when they comes back, it's like, oh, my team is back together. And I don't have to do the dishes anymore. And so but yeah, the fancy meals that take time <laughs> I don't mind cooking because I don't do the dishes when he's home. Mm -hmm. But when he's gone, it's like ramen and cereal. <laughs> One pot lasagna. Yes, Stouffer's. That's what's happening at our house when no, he's gone. It's like a, it, oh, 
I can't remember if it's like Mel's Kitchen or Damn Delicious. Both oh, really good food blogs. And but one of them has like a whole bunch of one pot wonders or whatever. So it's like lasagna, so it's fresh and awesome. And my kids will eat it, but it just takes one pot and like one spoon. And I'm like, okay, I can I can make a meal, I can eat an actual meal. And maybe it soaks overnight. Maybe I just do it right now. <laughs> we'll see which one. Or happens. you make them in the things that they can be stored in so that you just put it right in the fridge for leftovers. <laughs> I have not thought of that and my life has now just changed. <laughs> well, here you go. <laughs> okay, episode over. There's your takeaway. And go. we're done. <laughs> <laughs> so... Really, really though, like how how has that been constantly transitioning though, like from the independence to dependence and like it's like an interdependence. I know I think is like the fancy word for it when it's like two independent people, but like building a life together and relying on each other instead of like one carrying the other, like we're woven and we're stronger instead of like somebody bearing somebody down, right? Yes. But then it's like, how, how have you kept that interdependence even, or have you even been able to, um, I just assumed you did, but have you been able to keep that interdependence when he's not home? Like, how have you guys handled that? I think honestly, it depends on the the time that he's gone, like whether it's a long term, like I don't know if I'm, if most military spouses are like this, but when my husband is gone for like a longer period of time, I do better because I can get in my groove and I can stay in my groove versus like um, our first year here at Fort Campbell, he was gone like two weeks out of every month. So he'd be like gone and then home and then gone and then home and then gone and then home. And it was like that for like eight months. And I couldn't get into a groove because he was like, I would just start to get my, like, life together and, like, get in my habits, get in my routine, um, get back to, like, what it's like to be on my own. And at the time, we didn't have kids yet. Um, and then he would leave again. <laughs> I was like, or he would come back. And I was like, I had to adjust him back into our life again, um, which, like, praise the Lord, we didn't have children yet because I can't imagine their balance back and forth of, like, dad's home, dad's gone, he's gone, back. It would just have been a mess. Yeah. But... Um, so like on the longer stretches, it's been much easier because those, I usually give myself like anywhere from 24 hours to 72 hours to just kind of like feel all the feels, be frustrated, be angry, be sad, watch all the sad, sappy movies, like whatever it might be, eat all the chocolate, just do whatever I'm going to do. And then like once that's kind of over and especially with the kids, it's like you have to just process and move on. Um, whether he's going to be gone for six months or a year or a month, whatever it is, and just be like, all right, this is our life now. And like pick up and fill in the spots and like give yourself a lot of grace because you're doing the job of two people as one and things yeah. are going to fall through the cracks. And, um, you know, when I was, I think I held it together a little bit better when I was not a mom because I would go to work and it was like, okay, well, like if my house is a mess, it's just me because my husband's yeah. not here and we don't have kids. Um, so things could fall a little bit easier there because 
not everything was as important and not that, you know, housekeeping is not important, but it wasn't always like impacting other people. And so, um, now with kids, it's like, I really have to prioritize what is most important in their life and in mine and like handle those things while he's gone mm-hmm. and outsource the things that aren't important or that I don't have to do myself. Um, one of the greatest things we've ever done was hire a cleaning lady. She comes every two weeks. I don't know what I'm going to do when I eat PCS and not that I don't clean my house, but she comes and like does all the things I don't want to do. Um, and my husband joked when I left my like nine to five job and like started working from home and he was like, Oh, so we're not going to have Susan anymore. And I was like, uh, no, (laughs) she's a part of the family. Like I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but like, I would rather spend my time like teaching my toddler homeschool preschool than vacuuming my living room or cleaning the jets in my tub or whatever it is. Like my, I only have so much time. Time is our finite like value. And so I can't make more time, but I can choose what time I have and like prioritize the things that only I can do. So giving myself grace, let things fall through the cracks and outsourcing. Solid advice. So I know though that in the last year, right? Was it a year ago now? Uh, A little over a year, about a year and a half now. A year and a half now. You guys were like, you guys got like the pre-2020 <laughs> showdown. We now, just got really excited and started early. You know, you just were setting the trend. Let's just, so tell us what happened. Take us back like 18 months ago. What happened? Yeah. So, um, my husband came home the Friday before Mother's Day, which as any military spouse knows is military spouse appreciation day. And, you know, I was like so ready because it was the first year my husband actually knew it was military spouse appreciation (laughs) day. Um, and he came home and he came home early and I was like, yes, this is so exciting. You're home early. And it was like noon on a Friday and I was like, yeah. And he walks in and he sits down and he's like, hey, I have cancer. And if you know my husband, like that's something he would say. And I'd be like, just kidding. And, um, which is not a funny joke, but in my head, I was like, yeah, okay. And he was like, no, but, but really I have cancer. And like the backstory to that is that we'd been spending the last five months trying to figure out what was going on with him. He was 30 years old at the time, healthiest condition he's ever been in, best shape of his life, active duty soldier, like 300 PT tests. Like he is literally like G.I. Joe out there. He is just in the best shape ever. And, you know, you don't expect somebody that's 30 and in such great shape to come on and be like, I have cancer. And so the previous like five or six months, maybe not quite six, five months, we'd been like kind of having, he'd been having this bump on his neck and we're like, I was like, go to the doctor, just get them to look at mm-hmm. it. And, you know, army medicine works really slow. So um, for any of you, I don't know what the rest of the military is like, but army yeah. medicine is slow. <laughs> yeah. um, and they're always like, yeah, it'll be fine here. Take some Zyrtec, you'll be fine. Um, but anyway, he was like going and they finally did a blood draw like four months later. He'd been like traveling overseas and back and all the things. And finally, like, his blood work came back about four months after his initial visit and they were like, 
uh, we want to send you for like an ultrasound, an MRI, a CT, and a biopsy. And when all of those kind of happened in about a week, we started to get nervous because like, yeah. like I said, the army doesn't move that fast. And so he went in for the biopsy, which was like the last test of the four. And um, whoever was doing the biopsy was like, hey, so like, do you know why you're here, what we're looking for? And he was like, no, but it can't be good. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and they were like, yeah, we're pretty sure you have cancer. So that was that Friday. And so I kind of like knew that it wasn't really fake when he said it because he'd been in for a biopsy but I was also like no like you're just giving me like worst case scenario and then you're gonna tell me what really is wrong with you yeah um and then like he was like well they haven't like officially said it yet but in a few days like our my results will come back and and then they did and it was cancer so he had um thyroid cancer which everyone tells us is like the winning the lottery of cancer which I don't think that that is a lottery but um yeah we certainly didn't try to enter that lottery um so I was about five months pregnant with our second child and um it was just a really like stressful time but like my husband processes everything with humor and so he started that day searching for head wraps even though he did not have to go through chemo and he did not lose his hair (laughs) he was like I'm gonna find the ribbon I'm gonna do all the 5ks I'm gonna do all the walks and um he just he's that guy and so the next that was May so like the next six to eight weeks was like getting him into Vanderbilt because thankfully the army knows their limitations and outsourced us to Vanderbilt and doing the surgery and all that um and then a few months after that he had radiation um treatment which was great and like a one-time kind of thing it's not like an ongoing chemo doesn't wear down your whole body but I was like 34 weeks pregnant 30 33 weeks pregnant when he went through it and because he was radioactive and I was pregnant we have a small son he was 18 19 months at the time like we couldn't stay in the house because he was radioactive. <laughs> I picture like, do you remember the Lorax movie? Yes. That like cartoon, and then it's like the kids, like the kid is like, I went swimming and now I glow. Like, that's yeah. how I picture you. Then like coming home, yeah, glowing because he is radioactive. So when they gave him the pill, the like radioactive pill, like they came in in the suits and like gave it to him with tongs, and he was like, should I be wearing that? And they were like, you're fine. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we had to go to Florida where my parents live, um, for three weeks because we couldn't be in the house. We couldn't be like, he had to have the whole house sanitized before we came home and it was just a whole thing. So, and then being, you know, pregnant, I had to be back by a certain point because if you have a baby outside of the range, the army won't pay for it and all the things that go with that. that. So from like May to mid-September, we just like had the most fast and furious, however many months that is. Um, And it was like a pre-2020 because we were like the really high highs of like, we're pregnant, we're having a new baby to like, you have cancer to not only do you have to have your thyroid completely removed by surgery and then also you're, radio- you have to, you're radioactive. Your family has to leave you. You have to go through all those alone. Meanwhile, he's in command. All of this is happening while he's in command and like commanders are changing and all the things. So there's never a dull moment in the Krager household. No, which like, I can't, 
I cannot fathom having a soldier with cancer because I I don't know if I told you this the other day, but like Austin's brother had cancer um, and he was my age and he actually got treated at a hospital that was like 20 minutes away from where we were living at the time. So we were able to go and visit him. And like, I know his experience was very different from your husband's because he had rounds and rounds of chemo and that just does different things to your body. But still it's like, you have cancer, but yet you're still also a soldier. Like how, I mean, I don't, I don't want to go on like a, did the army treat you right type of a thing, you know, like, but what was that like for you? Because you're like, I mean, you, you're used to the two weeks in, two weeks out, two weeks in, two weeks out. He's in command. Like that is not a slow pace or a smooth like career, you know what I mean? Right. But Absolutely. then answer, like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thankfully the year leading up to finding out he had cancer, um, my husband had two commands. So he was in his first command or ending his first command when we found out that he had cancer. And that whole year leading up, we had just been pouring into this FRG or SFRG mm -hmm. as they're called now and um, pouring into these families, like just because we have a heart for uh, military families and our SFRGs historically had prior to this had not been great. And so we just wanted to pour into these families so they knew that great SFRGs could exist. Mm -hmm. And when we found out that he had cancer, like that was middle of May, he transitioned out of his command in the middle of or early June and then had cancer or had surgery for cancer in the middle of June. And those first families, that first command families, they came out of the woodwork for us. And mm -hmm. They poured into us, the whole squadron poured into us, um, even with a whole lot of turnover happening. Um, my husband got a new squadron commander in that time um, while he's out on convalescent leave. So it was like he was meeting the new boss like 30 days after the new boss started because he was on convalescent leave. Um, I went to the change of command, but he wasn't there. <laughs> so all these yeah. things. And so, um, I mean, the Army, like as much as the Army can be a pain in the butt, at times and like takes you at the most inconvenient times from your family like yeah. it was so comforting that like people were just like coming out of the woodwork for us and like doing things that we would have never asked for in a million years and um I think that a part of that is a is because my husband is just a people person and like he just loves on his soldiers so hard and wants them to succeed in whatever it is and he will fight for them for whatever it is but I think also that's just like God's love for us and like that you know we just gave it all to God and we're like look we, we clearly are not equipped to handle this on our own right so we need your help and he just put these people in our lives that we're gonna care for us and love us and um not just in the military but also in our civilian life here and um and it was just amazing like he had all this time off of work which was a blessing and a curse and um he started this new the second command like early middle of June and then had was out he was there for like a week and then was out for um treatment and then he basically worked like three weeks out of the first four months of command because he was out for treatments and so whenever he would like show up he was kind of like this little unicorn where people were like oh who is he who's he <laughs> so I think like it was just a an interesting transition time for us and um I don't know that 
there was a right way to handle any of it, but it certainly wasn't the wrong way. So, um, if, I mean, if you're going to have cancer, it's nice to have people caring for you. Yeah. When I love that, like, you guys built the community, you know what I mean? Like, you know, whether, whether you want to call it karma, like, I feel like in military life, like, we all want that family because we can't live by them because we don't decide where we live, which is fine. But, like, there are people who I've seen create their family because they, they do, they go pour out their hearts into people. They don't wait and say like, well, why isn't anybody pouring out their heart to me? They go and they be the neighbor that's like, hey, you haven't had a day without your kids. Like, how about you go to the grocery store by yourself? Or, you know, like, let's do these SFRG things or I don't know what the other branches call it. Like, I don't know. Somebody, a listener who's not in the army, tell me what you guys call it. It's like the soldier family readiness group. Like it takes care of all the not job things. Um, I don't. I should know what those are in the other branches. But like, like you, you poured first, and then that created the family. Like I love that you, you did that because you didn't know you were gonna get cancer. Like. But yet, then it's there for you. Like, Yeah. I mean, we've always said that, like, the most important people in our life aren't those that are, and I hope they're not listening, but family, I'm sorry, but aren't those that are, like, biologically related to us or maritally related to us, but are the people that we're doing our life with every day. And, like, those people are our everyday family. And so whether they're military or civilians, like, we want to pour into the people that we do our life with every day because... Like, otherwise life is lonely. And like you said, like, we don't always get the choice to like, or we never get the choice to live near our family. And, um, and so like, you have to build family, you have to build community wherever you are. And, um, as an SFRG leader, like, I know you're not as much as I would like to, you're never going to reach everybody. You're never going to make everybody happy. But if you do the best that you can and you pour into families and they see that you're not just there to check a box, you're there to like, truly love on them and serve them and do whatever you can to Mm -hmm. make what little bit you have control over better then they are going to respond well to that and like seeing these families just care for us so much like you know we he had signed out he was no longer the commander of that unit and Mm -hmm. so like for them to like still come out of the woodwork for us was just they just meant the world to us and then of course that happened in June and we had a baby in October and (laughs) they did it all again so um it was just like some of my best friends have come from that and I never would have thought as a like early early military wife that that would have ever been the case because our SFRGs were just terrible (laughs) and so and I didn't know that they could be good because I had never seen one work so um yeah, I mean, just in it, even in non-military life, like pour into those that you're with and um, not because you want that to come back to you eventually, but because those are the people that you do your life with every day and those are the most yeah. important people in your life. Yeah. When it's like, it's, it's not even like a, you want goodness to come back to you, but like if you want to feel like you have family here and here, wherever you're here is, like here is home then make it home. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, like act like your neighbor that's just moving down the street is your sister. Like, what would you do? You would take her some dinner. You would 
help with the kids. You would be like, hey, we're good friends now. Like, here's my phone number. Know that I'm the person that you can call or whatever, you know, like if you, yeah, if you, if you want to feel like home, then act like you're at home. And I, I love that phrase. Like it's the people you're doing everyday life with. So make everyday life enjoyable. Like absolutely doesn't have to suck. And we won't tell our family, even though it is my sister who edits these podcasts. She's exempt. (laughs) She's an honorary um, waiting warrior because she helps me work on it so much. We'll just let her have her that title. So what has like, like year 2019 was nuts. And I would not wish it on anybody. But like what does perspective or anything like help you handle 2020 because that has rocked everybody else yes and no you're just like (gasps) the world everybody else is crashing burning you're like guys yeah so yes and no um we had kind of like come out of it by the time we were like rolling into the new year um you know we had a new baby in October and then it like he was cancer deemed cancer free in September um and had a new baby and so then we were just like adjusting to life with two and um you know everybody was like the new year new decade we're starting fresh everything's gonna be great and little did we all know um so we were just kind of like rolling just like everybody else and so when you know March hit and the world shut down we kind of I think we had a little bit of an edge because we'd just been through at the time what was like the highest of highs and lowest of lows at the same time um but we also were like oh gosh you just spent all this time away from work and now you're gonna be at home more (laughs) so um which was great and terrible um my husband being, you know, a cancer survivor, he was high risk for COVID. And, um, and so his boss was like, you're a high risk. We can do things with you from your office at home, like work from home. So he was at home from like March 30th or March 20th to like June 1st. And I was like, oh my gosh, get out of my house. (laughs) Like, I love you. Go to work. Um, But obviously, I don't want him to get COVID. But, um, but we like we had just spent all this time, and it was like a great way to like have healthy time together because we'd had all this time where he was like recovering from surgery and recovering from radioactive treatment. I was recovering from a C-section, like all this time of like not normal active family time. Mm-hmm. So even though we couldn't like go and do, we could be at home and like bond as a family. And um, I think what the time with cancer has, or I don't want to say time with cancer, but like those four or five months where like the world was falling in 2019, Mm -hmm. I think that what that taught us about 2020 was that like, look, you don't expect your 30 year old healthy husband to come home and be like, I have cancer. You don't expect the world to shut down for however many weeks it shut down, but you have to like take what you have out of that and like really appreciate the things that you have. And I'm not going to say that we were always happy. Like COVID might've been some of the hardest times in our marriage because we were with each other all the time, but we also like bonded so much. And like now he's home a lot also because he teaches ROTC and he's home just because of the nature of 
teaching in a COVID environment, a lot of things are digital. They don't want you on campus as much. So he's here a lot, which is so great because we're going to head into the next however many years of the military where he's not going to be here with our kids a lot. So we're trying to like see the positive in all these things, which I think we had a little bit of a leg up on because we had to find the positive in cancer, which is just the weirdest thing to say, but like, yeah. And so we, we had a little bit of like training in 2019 for finding the positive in 2020, but we, it still took us a minute because we had kind of like leveled off towards the end of the year and had gotten back into what we thought normal was going to be. And and then it hit us just like everybody else. (laughs) Because it hit hard. Um, so last question with all that you've experienced, all the years you have, what is your key to thriving that you want to share with your fellow waiting warriors? A hundred percent, hands down, bloom where you're planted. Somebody told me that when I did not want to move where I was moving, I did not want any part of what was happening in our life. And they were like, bloom where you're planted. And that's easy to say. And it's a very like, cliche and especially in the military people are like oh yeah bloom where you're planted whatever um but as somebody that has like not I did not want to come to the base we're at I went kicking and screaming it was literally which is silly to say the biggest fight we had had in our marriage up until that point was like what bases we were going to put on our list and I was just really done with the south and three out of five of his choices were in the south all at the space that I did not want to come to um and we have made the greatest life here. We've been here four years, maybe five years by the time we leave. And we have the best family here. We have the best support systems. Like I cannot imagine going through what we've been through since we've been here, two kids, cancer, deaths of close friends and family without these people. And like, I mean, I started my business with one of my best friends who I met here that I would never have if I didn't come here. And so bloom where you're planted, both in where you are located, like geographically as a location, but also in where you are in that season. Like the greatest things to come out of 2020 has been the growth of our, our business spouser, but also like the greatest thing to come out of that time where my husband had cancer was these friendships that I knew were going to last longer than just the SFRG. And they are now like friends that I will have for life. It's not just like, oh, we, you know, we were together when our husbands served together that one time. And yeah. now it's like, okay, these are people that like I would do anything for and they would do anything for me. And, yeah. and so it's just like finding those ways to bloom where you are, because if you don't like, you're just going to live in a world of weeds. If you don't like find a way to bloom where you are. Yeah. We don't want weeds. We want pretty flowers. Yes. Even <sighs> though it's November. We still want pretty flowers. I don't know. It was like 80 degrees the other day. Somebody oh, no, no. <gasps> flowers are dead, so I'm still bitter. Like, I am a black thumb, so I just have fake flowers, and they're pretty all year round. <laughs> I need to get some of those, because right now, my yard and my patio just feel naked, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. It's just, and then weeds are starting to grow up, now that I think about it. And that just is. You don't want weeds. You want pretty flowers. And if you don't have a green thumb, you want fake flowers. (laughs) Hey, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. But that's blooming where you're planted. It's like the time and season and who you are. We got to just embrace it all. I love it. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. If somebody wants to contact you, if they want to check out SpouseServe, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, we are at SpouseServe on both Instagram and Facebook. And then our website is SpouseServe.com. So you can find us on all the things. Very simple, easy to find. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Well, thank you so much, Julia, for coming on the show. Waiting Warriors out there, go say thank you. If you also have done cancer while in the military, seriously, like my heart just goes out to you. I cannot imagine that. Um, but if you want to connect with Julia, go connect with her. Say thank you. Shout out on like social media with your best golden no golden nugget. Give us your best golden nugget, okay, guys. <laughs> it's like i need to go to bed um, but really i do love hearing what what has resonated with you guys just make sure you tag at the waiting warrior at spouse serve we'd love to see it and remember just because it's hard doesn't mean it has to be miserable have a good week guys thanks again julia thank you Hey, Waiting Warriors, if you are heading towards a deployment, in the middle of a deployment, or you're just a military spouse honestly trying to do their best and educate yourself, I have created something with you in mind. It is called Three Ways to Set Up Your Marriage for a Successful Deployment. I know deployments are tough. They are. But it doesn't mean it has to ruin your relationship. So go to subscribepage.com slash three ways to set up your marriage for a successful deployment. I'll put the link in the show notes or right now on my website, thewaitingwarriors.com. There's a pretty little yellow button in the top right, just waiting for you to click on it. Enjoy.